And good afternoon. The final 45 minutes here. Can you down to LSU and Auburn along with T-Bob Bear? I'm Deke Bellabier. This is how we get T-Bob's picks and his keys to today's game, his top three things he's looking for between LSU and Auburn. First, we'll get you caught up on everything else that's happening in the world of sports, including right now Alabama leads Kent State 48-0. That's his just gone final. 520 left in the contest. Number 23, Ole Miss 45. Number 12, Georgia 14. Florida State gets a bounce back win over a very good South Florida team. 48 to 28, the nose are ahead. That's got about 10 minutes left in the contest. Here's one that's going to make LSU fans feel really good. Now, if LSU could come away with a win today, even if it's impressive or not, and this holds true like it is now, and it will, it's almost over with. Number 11, Wisconsin, 30. Number 8, Michigan State, 6. Yeah. T-Bob, you know, if you if, – and here's the thing. The rule stands the same across the country, meaning the general rule is, okay – it might have looked like a good win at first, meaning Louisville beating Florida State or, or Florida State beating Ole Miss. Looked like a hard game for Ole Miss at first. But after Louisville hangs 60 on you, people are going like, well, how good is Florida State? Yeah. Same thing with Oklahoma. Okay, you know, that win for Houston had over Oklahoma. Does good it look now. good now for Houston or does Louisville look better depending on what Florida State and Oklahoma do down the stretch? Wisconsin, their first four conference games are as tough as anybody will see at any point in time. Michigan State today at Michigan next week. Then they go to uh, Ohio State, and yeah. then, they, then they have Iowa. That's their first four conference games. And for them to go in and win by four touchdowns a day over Michigan State, look, you don't ever want to take solace in a loss, but that is there anything such a thing. That's an impressive loss LSU has had so far in non-conference against Wisconsin. Look, as the, the, the better Wisconsin does, the better it ends up for LSU. It's mm-hmm. The quality loss is back in place now. Where it is interesting, Deacon, and, and, and it's just I, I think it's just the nature of sports uh, kind of, you know, be, being a slave to the re, or I think it's called like recency bias where last week this did not look like a quality Wisconsin no. loss. This was a Wisconsin team that the almost last lost to Georgia weeks. State. Right, right. right this is, people were stressing still the Badgers importantly, most importantly, managed to still find a way to win. They're gaining in confidence, and I can only imagine what this win now does to them heading into what the – I mean, we've been saying Wisconsin could have five losses after these games. Well, who knows? They haven't lost yet, and maybe they can keep this train rolling. Can they upset uh, Harbaugh and Michigan when they've already kind of been coordinated as, you know, it's going to be them and Ohio State to decide the Big Ten? Right, and and the other thing is, too, is that, you know, every team then after you play each other – especially if you're Power 5 Conference, you essentially become fans of one another. Yes. Like, you know, Oklahoma was once, but, you know, it doesn't really matter how good Ohio State does. Now, with the exception, if it gets wacky down the end, Oklahoma were to run the table and win all their conference games, only two non-conference losses to be to Houston and Ohio State. But there's no doubt about it, T-Bob. An impressive performance today from LSU. And what you're seeing Wisconsin do, Wisconsin's going to move up. They're going to leapfrog somebody by beating number eight like they did by yeah. four touchdowns. They oh, were a sound so. dog on the road. But you let LSU go in there and win by 10 or 12 points a day, and people are going to look, wait a minute now, you're 3-1, and one, and your only loss was to a 4-0 ball club that goes into Michigan. Because you're talking about a, maybe a top six matchup. Wisconsin could be number six. Michigan could be number four next week. And then LSU could stand to move up from 17 well within the top 15, team. Well, and the thing is, then they both, like both, like, like you right. said, both teams become a fan of each other. And because no doubt. both teams' success buoys the other's Man, rating. Especially the with LSU the Big does. 12 being out of it now, basically, yes. so to speak. And you're talking about Big 10 with a lot of, what, they had four teams in the top 10 this week. And one of them is the ones you lost to by, by a few points. No, it, 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 
you could start feeling way better about yourself tonight in about about six or seven hours from now. LSU, LSU well, and, fan base could start and, feeling and, way better about themselves. And so my point is, too, also, though, the Badgers. If LSU comes out and plays oh, well yeah. tonight, if they continue to win, no what doubt. if LSU runs the SEC table, mm-hmm. right, or, or they get close to it? Like, that's only going yeah. to help Wisconsin's resume that much more, which, I mean – I guess there's questions of how valuable that is considering the fact that Wisconsin controls their own destiny. When you look right. at their schedule, if they win those games, they're going to be good. But still, it just it, it adds. I, and, Deke, I, I'll say this. As a player, I even experienced this where what another team that you beat, what they end up doing, how that can make you feel better about yourself. I would look back at my first mm-hmm. ever start at LSU. We're in Washington. This is when Washington's coming off a winless season. Maybe the worst team in the entire country. We beat them by seven points. It wasn't that right. close. Jake Locker went off. He ends a lot up scoring. of hype about him. He, well, he scored zero seconds left. He makes it 24-17. So we went by seven points. We were getting a lot of flack for only winning by seven points. And there was even some questions where I think internally we were kind of doubting ourselves a bit. Right. Well, the next week, I'll never forget, we learned in the locker room before the, before the kickoff that Washington had just beat USC. And all of a sudden we're feeling like, okay, okay, so this wasn't the winless Husky team. Like, this was a pretty good squad. You know what? Maybe we're pretty good. So you can gain confidence from your vanquished foes uh, going on to then beat others and, and tally up impressive wins. No doubt about it. Of course, Wisconsin does win today. They are now 4-0. They'll play a big one next week, a showdown at Michigan. Michigan plays this afternoon at 2.30 in the big house against Penn State. So you're possibly looking at a 4-0 showdown amidst teams in the top seven in the country because Wisconsin will move up uh, very well this week. They were 11th going into this matchup, and they beat number eight Michigan State in East Lansing 30-6. And as we said, Georgia is uh, really pumping hard to Ole Miss. Ole Miss up 45-14 late in that contest. Florida State re- rebounding nicely 55-28 with about seven and a half left in that contest over South Florida, and Alabama takes care of Kent State 48-0. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and learn more about the Auburn Tigers. Brian Matthews, senior writer at our 24-7 Sports, Auburn Sports, up next gives us the latest. What type of team does Auburn have today? And we talked about it. In a several hours, two fan bases could be feeling way different than they are going into this contest. And it's a feel going into it that's probably similar to both of them right now. It's like, what is really going to happen this afternoon? A lot of speculation and a lot moving forward. What could be the future, the immediate future for LSU and Auburn at their head coaching position? Count you down to LSU and Auburn, a 5.06 kickoff tonight right here on WWL. I really think the explosive plays have more to do with opportunities. You know, we got to give our guys more opportunities for the explosive plays, specifically throwing the ball down the field. That's Coach Gus Malzahn, and, of course, throwing the ball downfield would mean that the form of Sean White. You maybe expect to see John Franklin the third, the junior, who is more of a running quarterback. White is more of the passing threat. And then, of course, uh, there's Jeremy Johnson, who has also seen action this season. Welcome back, along with T-Bob Bear. I'm Deke Bellavia. A couple of teams in the SEC already taking care of business. Uh, Alabama 48-0 over Kent State, and uh, with Ole Miss about to go final, leading Georgia 45-14. Brian Matthews, who's been with me since 2005, leaning on some uh, guys who I consider some of the best in the business when it comes to covering their particular teams, uh, the teams that they're hired to cover, that being the Auburn Tigers and Auburn Athletics. Brian Matthews joins us now. And, Brian, you know, make no bones about it. Every fan base can kind of point toward a, a, a tough time, a dark time, and they can also point toward a very good time. But, you know, if things go like, I guess you'd say, Vegas and a lot of people predict today, it's not going to be a fun time for anybody who, who likes Auburn, covers Auburn, and so forth. 
it's going to be a difficult time for Gus Malzahn to go through this week. You come out the first month of the season at one and three. Oh, really? You're not kidding. And I know some people online are calling this a buyout bowl, which uh, I may have some truth to that, but um, it is a really big game for Auburn and Gus. You know, he's talking about historical uh, losses here. Uh, they've lost six straight at the home game, first time in uh, school history. And if they start over to an SEC again uh, this year for the second year in a row, that'll be the first time in school history. So those are not uh, not the type of um, records you want to set at your Auburn head coach. Brian, is is this really is it is all about Sean White's the best of the three? Is he a guy they feel like that that can really uh, be the, be the guy for them uh, moving forward? He's a sophomore. Are they banking the future on him? Is is he the guy that's going to you know make Gus sink or swim, or is, it, is there another recruit that's on the horizon? Take us to the standpoint with Sean White. Well, I, I think he's the guy for the immediate future, and I think yeah. um, you know a lot about his future at Auburn depends on what happens today because. Uh, you know, if Auburn uh, loses and starts out one and three, you know, it's an SEC. They might look to a true freshman like uh, uh, the kid that signed this last class, uh, you know, who's not really redshirting yet. He's still working out mm-hmm. with the ones and two. So they're sort of got him on the back burner and, and, and could say to you, and maybe next week he gets still with Monroe. But, um, you know, I think the deal with Tom White is I think he's capable of being a winning quarterback in this conference. But they just got to use his skills a little bit better. And, uh, you know, when I watched the game against Texas A&M, he was at his best when I was in the worst position, third and long. You know, he's making some plays and huh. first downs and quick passes and, you know, throwing all these bubble screens and trying to run the zone read with Sean, who's not a athletic guy, just doesn't work. And, uh, Brian, so I was pretty shocked when getting ready for this game. Um, you mentioned the six. Uh, home losing streak, two SEC opponents. Really jumped out to me as well, 3-12 and 12, uh, in the last 15 against power five opponents i don't know i i just this went unnoticed like i, I did not know this how did how did auburn get to this point it's it, it seems like just a couple of years ago they were on top and this this i guess fall has been so rapid it's really hard to know exactly all the reasons one of the reasons i think is recruiting auburn's recruited well but they haven't recruited well to keep positions like quarterback like ah, uh, yeah. offensive tackle uh like tight end and really, they haven't recruited so well wide receivers until this year. So uh, they're really behind um, talent-wise, offensively, a lot of the teams in the SEC West right now. So that, that slows them up a little bit. And then I think they haven't done a good job of um, recruiting guys that fit just the system well. Uh, you know, those two great quarterbacks they had so much success with, they haven't really recruited a lot of those guys. And uh, so I think that's set them back a lot. We're talking to Brian Matthews, uh, writer for AuburnSports.com. And uh, when you look at this offensive line, Brian, uh, they have struggled thus far this season. I think leading the nation in negative plays given up. Uh, what has been the issue there? And can they get it on track on another day where they're going to be challenged with the likes of an Arden Key, uh, with right. the likes of a Lewis Neal? Yeah, I don't know. That, that was their big emphasis this week. And uh, I don't know if they can fix it quick or not, but. You know, they brought in a new offensive line coach this year in her hand, and they put in some new blocking teams, and it just said flat out not work. And uh, it's put Auburn in a lot of bad situations. I don't think it's necessarily the talent Auburn has up front. I think um, under the right circumstances, they could run the ball well and do a decent job to the passer, but uh, the way they're down things up right now, it's just not working. Yeah. Brian, how can everybody get the latest on the Auburn Tigers for folks who want to keep up with them and the latest, obviously, on everything that's happening, not only with football, but Auburn athletics? Hey, I appreciate that. And uh, check it out, AuburnSports.com. Follow me on Twitter at 
seen that at you. I'm walking into the stadium right now. So we have full coverage of the game tonight. Brian, you know, looking at this, you know, if everything was staying the whole true, if Gus could somehow survive, uh, the cover does not look bad, especially when a guy we're talking about, uh, you know, looking on the defensive side of things, nine starters would be projected to return next season, seven starters on offense, but they've got to have something substantial. This would be a marquee win down the stretch of the season. You still have some big games left, obviously with Ole Miss, Alabama, other teams in the conference, but... You know, when it's all said and done, they, they've got to have something in the W column to show that they're improving. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, they absolutely uh, need to win this game. Or uh, the heat on Gus is really going to be turned up. Uh, they're probably going to have to be forced to make a quarterback change, even though I'm not sure this true freshman Woody Baird is ready to, you know, be the guy yet. But um, uh, you're right. You, you can't um, you can be at a school like Auburn or even LSU and uh, be associated with these all-time losing streaks. I mean, it just doesn't work a lot. Your job is uh, uh, not going to be safe for very long. And, Brian, uh, as you going into Jordan-Hare Stadium, what, what was the atmosphere like? What's it like on campus right now? I mean, it's a pretty good crowd here. I've seen plenty of Auburn LSU folks. And, uh, you know, I think for start, the starting out, it's going to be a good, loud, normal Jordan-Hare crowd. But um, if things don't go real early, you'll probably hear some booze and you'll probably see some seats here, you know, by the second half. Brian Matthews of AuburnSports.com. Brian, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the game today. Big T-Bob, I appreciate it. Always great to talk to you guys. All right, Brian, All right. take it easy, Brian man. Brian Matthews. And, of course, uh, Alabama has taken care of business, defeating Kent State this afternoon by a score. Kent cover, though. They had 44. They were getting 44. I didn't think little Nicky would run it up on his old squad. Wait, let me see. Yes, they did. 48 to zip. Oh, will no. wind up being the final. No. Georgia no. is going to uh, – this is getting ready to go final, too, as well. 45 to 14, Ole Miss over Georgia. South Florida falling hard to Florida State. 55 to 28. Uh, that's an action too as well. Rest of the conference this afternoon, Mississippi State getting set to take on UMass and uh, up at Boston uh, in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium. Also, the big one this evening, 2:30 SEC. Remember the pecking order for CBS and SEC. CBS gets the first choice. That's considered the best SEC game. Then ESPN comes in after that. So Florida at Tennessee is a showcase game of the week. 2:30 at Neyland Stadium in Rocket Top. Delaware State visits Missouri. Missouri is 1-2 and 0-1 and in Southeastern Conference play. Vanderbilt is at Western Kentucky. Well, Western Kentucky is a 6.5-point favorite over Vanderbilt this afternoon. LSU is at Auburn. Our matchup at 5.06 p.m. this evening. South Carolina can inch closer toward becoming a team that's nearly not highly thought of but could be bowl eligible. They would improve to 3-1 with the victory today over Kentucky, and you got to wonder what would be in store for Coach Stoops at Kentucky if he falls to South Carolina. And a big, surprising, undefeated matchup, especially when you think about what they had earlier in non-conference. Arkansas had a road game at TCU in which they won in overtime, and A&M had a home game the first game of the season against a ranked UCLA team. But both come unscathed. One team of these two today, T-Bot, will improve to 4-0 out of a and in Arkansas. Yeah, so I, I, I think at the beginning of the season, uh, one, one day on double coverage, myself and our excellent producer, Tim Zimmer, we're sitting there, we're kind of trying to figure out who the, at the time we thought that Alabama and LSU, they were the class of the SEC West. We're trying to figure out who's next. And the name we kept coming back to was Texas A&M. Because of the John Chavis effect, because of Miles Garrett, because Trevor Knight Trevor seems Knight, like he's right. the quarterback to lead that excellent offense and those excellent wide receivers. And, and, and so I, I expected this out of A&M, who I maybe didn't expect this out of, although I, I should say that it's not wholly unexpected, is Arkansas. I knew they were going to play TCU close. I didn't know if they would come with the win. They managed to. But look, when you look at Arkansas, Deke, 
Brett Bielema, he might be. I mean, there's an argument to be made that he is the best game planner in the entire SEC. I, like I mean, outside I of Nick Saban. Coach. I like outside it. of Nick Saban. Brett Bielema, he's consistently outcoached LSU in the in the past few years, but he's done that Ole to Miss. multiple <laughs> opponents. He's done it to Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, when you look at these A&M games, they keep losing in overtime. Yeah. If they can avoid losing this game, all of a sudden Arkansas could be the second-best team in the West. Exactly. Outside of Alabama, Brett Bielema has given Arkansas their money's worth and then some, which I, I got. I'm not going to lie, D. When he first went down there, I did not expect this. The West is so competitive. The SEC is so competitive. I thought Bielema would fall, and he's risen. He's done better and better, and and, and they never get in any trouble. Right? No. I mean, Arkansas is never in the news for any bad thing. Like Brett Bielema has run a hell of a program over there in Arkansas, and an incredibly rich program as well. No debt on any of the buildings. They got the Tyson Chicken guy amongst their alums. They got Jerry Jones. They got Sam Walton. I mean, that's you want to talk about time. you want to talk about the bourgeoisie of the SEC. You want to think about it, but that's that, that that's Arkansas. No doubt about it. And this week in the AP Top 25, several SEC teams: Alabama at one, A&M at ten, Georgia at twelve. They will fall handily after getting pummeled by Ole Miss today, 45 to 14. Tennessee number 14. Tennessee takes on 18th ranked. Uh, excuse me, 19th ranked Florida this, uh, in a few minutes here at Neyland Stadium. 17th ranked Arkansas is taking on 10th ranked A&M in Dallas. LSU and Auburn. The Tigers are at 18. And Ole Miss is at 23. The Rebels stand to move well within the top 20 this week after pummeling Georgia 45-14. to Well, it is our game preview. We get your sides from both sounds, uh, sound from both sides, that being Auburn and LSU. Here's our game preview, breaking down the Battle of the Tigers at Jordan-Hare Stadium. We hand it off to Mark Menard. Have the LSU Tigers turned the corner from their disappointing start and gotten their national title aspirations back on track? That's a question the Bayou Bengals may need a couple more weeks to answer, but they certainly seem to have a new lease on life with the emergence of Dandy Etling at quarterback. Last week, in a game that featured the welcome return of Leonard Fournette to the backfield, Etling led the Purple and Gold to their second straight win and a 1-0 record in conference play with a victory at home over Mississippi State. In that matchup, Etling improved on his debut numbers, passing for 215 yards on 19 completions while throwing his second touchdown of the year and keeping the stat sheet clean in terms of interceptions. There's of course still room for improvement as LSU allowed the Bulldogs to rally in the second half, cutting a 20-point deficit to just three before the Bayou Bengals finally slammed the door. Meaning this Tiger team is still something of a work in progress as the first month of the season comes to a close. We'll find out more about LSU this week though as Etling gets to lead the Bayou Bengals on the road for the first time when they head into a hostile environment against an opponent whose back is firmly against the wall. To truly get the full picture of Gus Malzahn's plague at Auburn, we'll have to go back to last season, when the War Eagle began the year ranked sixth in the country and suffered a steep fall from grace starting in week three when they visited Baton Rouge. Auburn got blasted in Death Valley 45-21 by an LSU team that was ranked 13th one week after needing overtime to best Jacksonville State, a win that had dropped them 12 places in the national poll. The loss to LSU knocked them out of the rankings completely, and problems were compounded by a second straight loss the following week to Mississippi State. Auburn would lose six games total in 2015, barely becoming bowl eligible at 6-6 six six before finishing the year with a postseason win over Memphis. Now it's 2016, and Auburn's outlook is already bleak just three weeks into the season. The War Eagle sits at 1-2, and two, having lost to Clemson and Texas A&M already, their only victory coming over Arkansas State. The Bayou Bengals are the third-ranked team they play in the first month of the season. It's only week four, but both of these teams have very little margin for error going forward. For Auburn, they already find themselves in what could very well be an elimination game before the calendar even turns to October. 
So will the Plainsmen resurrect their season in front of the home crowd? Or will the visiting Tigers drive the coffin nails deeper? It's the number 18 LSU on the road against Auburn. Coming up right here on WWL. I'm Mark Menard, WWL Sports. All right, Mark, thank you very much. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. Senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar, joins us. We'll get T-Bob's key to today's game to get you his prediction. LSU and Auburn will join the LSU Sports Network in about 25 minutes right here on the home of the Tigers, WWL. I think, obviously, it's going to be a tough place to play. Uh, you know, it deserves the respect that it's earned, and it's something that we'll have to take seriously, but uh, I think that it's something that hopefully we can handle, and I think that it shouldn't be... It shouldn't be the deciding factor in, in whether we win or lose. LSU quarterback Danny Etling talking about going on the road and facing a hostile environment at Jordan-Hare Stadium where it could be hostile or it could be one that gets real quiet depending on how the Tigers start out in this contest. Senior writer at TigerBait.com at BLDOR at B-L-D-O-R-E on Twitter. Brian Lazar joins us now. And, Brian, you know, as, as much as we talk about going on the road in the SEC, and that's always a big question, especially for an unproven or a, a quarterback that hasn't been on the road much, man, if LSU comes out to a start, uh, let's say they go out and do well, maybe go down the field, get three or seven, and then they uh, force Auburn short on, uh, you know, offense and get them out of there quick, go three and out, or maybe one first down in defense. This is an Auburn crowd that's ready to scream a lot, one way or the other, depending on which way they scream, probably going to depend on how Auburn plays. Yeah, you're right about that, Keith. You know, when, you, when a team's struggling, and look, Auburn's been bad at, uh, at home now for, for a year. Uh, so they're there. They'll probably they'll be enthusiastic at the start. But if Auburn gets off to a bad start, you can hear booze pretty quickly. This would happen with LSU. Remember the second week of the season against Jacksonville State? You know, the booze came pretty early there when uh, Brandon Harrison got the offense moving on the first couple of series. Brian, when you look at today, uh, you know, Danny Edling to me is is a, is a guy and a quarterback that, you know, you don't necessarily like need to look back at, you know, where he came from, what he did. If he can continue to improve, and I think he did take a step from Jacksonville State to Mississippi State, if he takes another step forward today, it gives LSU something they haven't had in a while. And I don't, I don't feel, even though it's been two weeks and he hadn't really, I mean, he hadn't, you know, painted the world on fire, but. I feel that from the fan base, there's a feeling out there that there's, there's, there's a sense of confidence, there's a sense of that, you know, we are improving at that position. And I don't know when the last time I've said that. Yeah, you know, he's done some things in the last uh, two games that we have not seen from LSU quarterback, you know, in a while. You know, he, he's been able to extend plays uh, with his legs and uh, then make smart decisions. He had his force ball and checked down. To other receivers, so you know, you, you probably have to go back all the way to Matt Flynn and somebody who's done both of those. You know, George Jefferson did a job, did a nice job extending plays with his legs. I don't think he's sort of uh, as reading defenses as that one yet. So, uh, you're right, it's been a while, and uh, we'll just have to see how Epling handles his first SEC road game this season. Yo, Brian, so uh, one of the big names that has emerged for LSU, one of the top performers has been defensive end Arden Key. He got a lot of play this weekend when Pro Football Focus College came out and said that his pass rush production is number one amongst all three, four outside linebackers in the entire nation. Five sacks through three games, most in LSU history. What are you expecting out of Key today in what looks to be a very favorable matchup? Well, you, you got to watch, watch and see how, you know, Dave ran the lines and 
look, in the first couple of games, there are quite a few occasions that you saw RGC dropping back to pass coverage. And to me, that makes no sense. That's not taking advantage of what he can do. You know, I, you know, I know Orlando likes the three-four to have him lining up as an outside linebacker, but he has to pass rush, and I think that's why you saw more times than not last week against Mississippi State where he was rushing the passer. Uh, a few times he had his hand in the ground, and they were back to a four-man front. I mean, you just have to take advantage of what the, the defenses, uh, what you, the matchups are. If you are not going, you know, look, when they talked about uh, team playing outside linebacker, I thought that they let's let's do like some NFL guys do, let's move them, move him around. Sometimes put him in the middle, put Duke Ross on the outside, let him rush in different places. Well, we haven't seen that. It's, it's like he, no, he's playing outside linebacker and he's just rushing a drop. Well, that's not particularly taking uh, taking advantage of matchups, and I don't think it's taking advantage of what he does best. Last week, more time, four-man front, hand in the ground, yep. was more effective. And, uh, Brian, when you look at one group uh, in particular this year, that linebacking core, uh, they haven't, I mean, it's not like they've played bad. It's just that I, I, I feel like, and, and maybe I'm wrong in this, I just feel like I haven't heard Duke Riley's name much. I haven't heard Kendall Beckwith's name much. Today you're going against the, statistically speaking, uh, number one rushing attack in the SEC. Are you looking for a big game out of Riley and Beckwith? Uh, I think Beckwith was okay when he gets faced. I, I think his performance, his production has increased each game. Uh, yeah. Riley, he's, you know, like you said, I don't think he's been bad. I don't think he's been good. He's been adequate. Uh, of course, you know, he's stepping in for Deion Jones. And, you know, he's not Deion Jones. There's a kid now. I know he's a one-year starter at LSU, but he's starting in the NFL right now as a rookie. Uh, yeah. The, the linebackers, look, it's a different zone read offense you're going to face this week from Auburn, just from personnel. Jacksonville State, Mississippi State, the quarterback is the most dangerous runner. Auburn's zone read, the quarterback is not a dangerous runner. It's the running back, it's the two guys who alternate at running back. Those are the guys who ah. get to stop, and that's probably why Auburn's zone read offense hasn't been as effective as it was when it had a Cam Newton, when it had a Nick Marshall, because those two guys were threats running the football. You know, uh, the quarterbacks that are on the roster now for Auburn aren't really, you know, threats running the football. Senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar. Brian, I know we've asked you several questions. Uh, any, anything we haven't pointed out to you that you look at in your notes and breaking down throughout the course of both of these teams' first few games in this week that you figure might play in to be key this week uh, in between this battle of the Tigers, Auburn, and LSU? I, I'm sort of surprised at the amount of yardage that Auburn has given up. They've given up 400 yards a game, about 250 pass, 150 run. But they haven't given a touchdown. You know, they made Clemson kick field goals and made AM kick field goals. And that's, you know, Kevin Steele, John Chavis, that's the type of defense they play. The bend but not break. Get a little tougher when you get into the red zone. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the same thing happens today and they stop uh, LSU from scoring touchdowns. Look, I don't anticipate Leonard Fournette running through Auburn like he did last year. I think that's going to be the first thing that they're going to try to do. And that for LSU to, to have it a good day offensively, they're going to have to throw the football with, with Danny Etling. So uh, looking at the game, Auburn's going to be a desperate team. Uh, probably more desperate than LSU, though LSU needs this game too. Auburn's going to be at home. Uh, I think it's very important for LSU to get off to a quick start. 
that being said, I really think that LSU is going to see the type of Auburn team that Clemson saw. Played hard for 60 minutes, kept the game close. Clemson did just enough to get a win. I, that's what I think is going to happen today. I think LSU will do just enough to walk out with a victory. And, Brian, with that said, LSU is a slight favorite. Your prediction today, give us your take. What you think the score will be between the Battle of Auburn and LSU at Jordan-Hare Stadium? Like I said, I think it's going to be just like the Clemson-Auburn game, except even a little bit closer. I'm saying LSU 19, Auburn 17. Brian Lazar. Brian, how can people follow you on Twitter? At D-L-D-O-R-E. D-L-D-O-R-E. Brian Lazar. Brian, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Talk to you guys later. All right, thank you very much. Looking at some college football scores right now, games in progress. Jabril Preppers, Jabril Peppers with a nice return of 53 yards. Got Michigan in good territory at the uh, Penn State 17-yard line. No score between fourth-ranked Michigan and undefeated, excuse me, and two-and-one Penn State. Right now in uh, Neyland Stadium in Rocky Top, number 19, Florida 7, uh, number 14, Tennessee Zero. Tennessee is now looks like they've got the football on the uh, drive after Florida scored. Number 13, Florida State with a monster day. Dalvin Cook, 28 carries, 267 yards, and two touchdowns. As number 13, Florida State bounces back with a 55-35 victory over previously undefeated South Florida. Number one, Alabama, 48-0 over Kent State. Jalen Hurts, a few scores a day, uh, one on the ground and one through the air. Number 11, Wisconsin forcing four turnovers day, three, including three interceptions as they handle number eight Michigan State in East Lansing, 30-6. to six. That's an impressive of a road conference win you'll see among ranked teams in the country. Very impressive by Wisconsin. Also today, the Georgia Bulldogs went into Vaughn-Hemingway Stadium in Oxford looking to prove something. They did not as Ole Miss proved that their two losses, uh, well, they were in those games and they blew out Georgia today, 45-14. to 14. Chad Kelly, 18 to 24, 262 yards and two touchdowns on the afternoon. Big day for Ole Miss tight end, one of the best in the country, Evan Ingram. Six grabs, 95 yards and a score. Later this evening, LSU and Auburn. Houston is at Texas State. Oklahoma State visits Baylor. Nebraska takes on Northwestern. Number seven, Stanford takes on UCLA in L.A. Number three, Louisville is at Marshall. That's the week before now. Louisville plays Clemson in Louisville next Saturday. Number 17, Arkansas is at number 10 Texas, well, versus number 10 Texas A&M at uh, AT&T Stadium in Arlington where the Cowboys play. That is a primetime 8 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. Number 9, Washington is at 2-1 Arizona. And earlier this week, it was Clemson Thursday night defeating Georgia Tech in Atlanta 26-7. And last night, adding to the USC misery, USC falls to 1-3 in the first month of the season as Utah comes from behind to beat USC 31-27. And Kyle Whittingham's ball club is now a perfect 4-0 on the season. Well, it's now time for his breakdown of today's game. T-Bob Bear, LSU, and Auburn. What is going to happen? Yeah, so uh, kind of similar to last week, one of the big questions is can you exploit your opponent's weaknesses? And we've talked about it throughout the show today, Deke. But a quick refresher, Auburn's biggest weakness is that offensive line. Struggled mightily. Last week at A&M, they give up uh, six sacks, 13 tackles for loss. Or no, four sacks, six hurries, 13 tackles for loss on the season. They have been stopped for negative yardage an incredible 32 times through three games. That leads the nation. For LSU, you got Arden Key, second in the nation in sacks, first in the nation as far as pass rush production is concerned. The zone read is going to be key today. 
how will they play it? Do they attempt to read it, you know, with the backside defensive end, or do they use this mesh charge that A&M employed where the goal is to get in the backfield as quickly as possible and just attack the handoff? Doesn't matter who gets it, attack the handoff, look to be disruptive. So you have to exploit the LSU offensive line. The other part, D, one of the other keys is going to be, can you take this stadium out of the game early? As we mentioned, seven home losses in a row, six in a row to the SEC. If you jump on Auburn early, you will have a crowd and a team that will kind of throw their hands up in the air and say, oh, here we go again. They will be ready to quit.